SAFM, leading the conversation. Welcome back. It's 18 minutes past 11. So the South African government has called on Russia to stop the attacks on Ukraine, saying the conflict should be resolved peacefully. Russia intensified attacks over the weekend and major European countries are now calling for Russia to be removed from the international banking system of SWIFT as the U.S. imposed sanctions. President Cyril Ramaphosa says mediation is the best way to resolve the situation between Ukraine and Russia. For more on the role that South Africa uh, should be playing and how it could impact this conflict. We're joined on the line by Faith Mabera, Senior Researcher, Institute for Global Dialogue. Good morning, Faith, and thank you, thank you so much. You know, a, a lot of people are saying South Africa is maintaining what they're deeming a rather cautious and very measured response uh, to the Russian invasion of, U- of Ukraine. What actually should Pretoria uh, be doing now? Should Pretoria be also also imposing sanctions and joining other countries around the world that have imposed sanctions on Russia? Um, I do, um, good morning, KG, and good morning to the listeners. I think just something that you've said seems contradictory because you're saying on one hand that South Africa is maintaining a measured approach, but yet the rhetoric that seems to be coming out is different. In fact, reports uh, following last week's uh, statement by the Minister of uh, Foreign Affairs for South Africa, uh, Minister Pandor, also um, seems to have raised the R of the Thule House, and particularly the report uh, indicating that the president um, seemed to, to be taking a, a different line. So union buildings, is, in this case, is on a different track with um, Draco in, in, with regards to just the kind of um, response that South Africa should have. But in a case like this, I think the bigger question we need to ask ourselves is what does our foreign policy principles dictate and, and are we towing in line with the, the priorities and, and um, sort of objectives of our foreign policy or the orientation of our foreign policy? Or on one hand, are we trying to match the reality on the ground? So it's, it's a very interesting case where South Africa finds itself caught between interests to which it is beholden mm. and in one hand, attention with regards to values Obviously, a key priority of South Africa's foreign policy is that it's a champion of the multilateral rules-based order. And as with other countries in the global south, it's also calling for um, uh, almost uh, observance of international law. So it's certainly not um, supportable of um, attempts to violate international law. So those are just some of the, the, the contours around which um, South Africa has to navigate. And obviously, the tricky question in this regard has been a lot of the displeasure by the, the, the South Africa's other partners with regard to what stance it will take, given its membership of BRICS grouping um, mm. as well. So all this, uh, uh, I'd call them normative tensions that seem to demand a very tough balancing act. Yeah. Uh, so- it's a very unique situation in that I think that the last time the, the world faced something uh, similar, uh, others argue, was around World War II time. And, you know, it's constantly changing and it's a very dynamic uh, situation. We saw uh, the address of uh, the European Union this uh, morning, at least South African time, around the decision that they made uh, for the European uh, uh, airspace, for example, and how uh, Russian flights can no longer... Uh, um, fly there. How dynamic does South Africa need to be uh, in terms of looking at this uh, Russia-Ukraine issue? 
South Africa is not going to operate in isolation here because mm. it, it is a member of the international community. So it would be a matter of aligning uh, itself with the the key sort of resolution that, for instance, would come out of a forum like your General Assembly or, um, or um, aligning itself with resolutions that would come out of the Security Council being the, the main um, body that's responsible for international peace and security. So if it's true, to the extent that it is true that South Africa is a, is a supporter of the multilateral rules-based order, then by implication it would need to abide by the very um, rules that come out in terms of adhering to international law. So that's the first thing. Mm. So not to be seen as going against the grain mm. um, in this case. But in saying that also, foreign policy means that a particular country will also need to weigh its interests uh, in, 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 the, in the medium to long term. And in this case, it's going to be a very difficult uh, position not only for South Africa, also as a member of the, as an African state and a member of the African Union, but it is going to be a very difficult test case for Pan-African solidarity, because um, it, it also boils down to the question whether does non-alignment mean um, neutrality? Does non-alignment mean condoning violation of international law? So it's a question. It's a very careful balancing between interests and values. Um, on one hand, and obviously um, staying very much within the ambit of international law and international norms. Mm. And in that balancing act of uh, these diplomatic relations uh, that South Africa uh, has, uh, particularly with uh, both countries, uh, what should uh, South Africa uh, be uh, highly cognizant of uh, in relation to diplomatic relations? Because we were called by the Ukrainian ambassador last week uh, to South Africa, who was calling on our president, President Ramaphosa, to impose sanctions, uh, while uh, you know the Russian, uh, 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 at least Twitter page, uh, the Russian ambassador's Twitter page said, "Do not even get involved." So, what kinds of uh, measures uh, should uh, South Africa uh, be thinking of in relation to diplomatic relations? Seeing we have diplomatic relations with both countries, um, I think. I'll turn around the other question in this way. Look at, for instance, just how uh, there's been a very interesting approach by even your other members who also have... Um... Hmm. Can you move around, please, for me, uh, Faith, because your line is messing me up a little bit. I'm trying to look. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Maybe stay there, please, for me. Um, I'm saying you'd, you'd have to look, for instance, at a case of how China and India, who are also P5 members, have had to navigate their relations with, with Russia. For instance, China, China has stuck its, its guns to the whole question of uh, non-interference in matters of sovereignty, while India has also taken a measured approach. So in this case, I think it will, it will have to be a very serious introspection of um, South Africa's own interests. And if it does take the line of imposing sanctions, um, as has been with the with a couple of countries, for instance, in the EU, then it will have to know what the implications are just from a, an impact perspective and a kind of ripple, ripple effect perspective. So it's a matter of will it be able to handle the consequences um, of doing that. That's part and parcel of the broader foreign policy sort of calculus that it has. So it has to be able, if the decision comes that it, need, it will join um, the, 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 the countries that are imposing sanctions, the, the the balancing act or the, the books have to be balanced in terms of um, absorbing and managing um, the, the ramifications of such an act. Mm. But at the same time, it will also have to take a very long view 
um, of what the broad implications will be for its relations um, with, with the affected country, in this case, for instance, with Russia. Um, and that what would that that would mean going um, going forward in the long term. But in, in in answering also the other part of your question, what to do now? I think a very interesting development that a lot of people um, may, or may, may or may not be aware of is that there's also an interesting development in the in the UN. So we all know about the deadlock in terms of the attempted resolution mm. um, in the Security Council. But now there's also proposals for a referral by the Security Council for something known as the Uniting for Peace um, resolution, which is a resolution by the General Assembly in the case where there's a deadlocked Security Council to sort of take more um, decisive action mm. when there's been an aggression or a threat to international peace and security. Mm. So certainly that's one step going forward in terms of South Africa being a member of the UN to also support the other countries in, in should that resolution in the General Assembly uh, go to a vote. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We have a caller, George, in Cullinan, uh, wants to ask you a question. Good morning, George. Hi, how are you? I'm well, George. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Asia. I just wanted to comment about the development around uh, Russia and the Ukraine. There. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's very devastating to see what is happening in those two countries there. Uh, especially because, you know, we do depend on them, especially oil-wise and stuff like that. This is shocking news that this week, the petrol price is going to increase and everything because of that. But the first thing that I want to touch on, you know, I want to blame the Security Council. One comes to the because this thing, they they, they knew about it. They knew that uh, in fact the Ukraine is under attack. They knew that this situation is going to come. Uh, tell me, but nothing they have done to prevent it. And then now they are trying to solve it. And then they are putting the sanctions. They think they are doing this on this uh, other markets and stuff like that. But it's already too late. How many children and the and the, and, and the women are actually fleeing that country to where we don't know where are they going and then how are they going to cope with that country. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Because yeah. You wanted to talk something? Um, you know, I, I thought you were done so that I could uh, allow Faith to respond to you. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. No, no problem. Do, do, do you want to respond to what George is saying? But uh, also let me add, on top of what George is saying, uh, what could happen if uh, the tension escalates? Uh, and what could happen to us as South Africa if the tensions escalate? Uh, I know that uh, at least when I last checked, because it's an ever-moving story, uh, you know, uh, they were saying that, you know, uh, there's a, a potential dialogue that may happen between Ukraine and Russia. Uh, but if uh, that dialogue does not yield the results uh, that I suppose the, the rest of the world wants, uh, what could happen to South Africa if this uh, tension escalates, Faith? Um, so this is the situation that we have in terms of just the, like, and you are right that there has been signs, um, there's been writing on the wall for a long time. Mm. But, um, it's a, it, and, but you need to go further back to the history of also understanding how uh, the steps that it has been in its um, sort of disagreement with NATO's um, eastward expansion, it had also felt that its national security red lines were not being respected. Mm. And as a response, that is what Putin now has engaged um, using military force to ensure that its, its uh, national security uh, red lines are, are being met. 
So that is the other side of the story as well. So if you want to, um, uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. On one hand, it, it will also be the U.S. and its NATO um, allies in terms of um, also not managing the kind of disagreement and, and, and the kind of um, quarrel that they had, historical quarrel that they had with Russia surrounding disagreements about NATO's expansion. It would be a case of um, non-implementation of the Minsk agreement. That's also another factor. But obviously the proximate causes um, sort of fall in between both idealistic and uh, material causes toward the, to the situation that we have now. But yeah. moving away from that, in terms of the impact, the impact ranges from, um, obviously we know that Ukraine and Russia uh, are responsible for more than a quarter of global wheat exports. You're going to see skyrocketing prices of your agricultural goods, particularly wheat and oil seeds. You're going to see um, the energy markets are going to be in disarray um, as well. And, and South Africa certainly will not be exempt from mm. those ripple effects. So we, we expect to see also um, agricultural goods going up, price, oil prices. We also see um, a situation that's bigger um, having all this, having to make a very difficult decision, and having to to make a principled stand on the foreign policy stage. Mm. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you followed. Um, I think it was on the 21st of February when the Security Council, um, Kenya, took a very principled stand and outrightly mm. um, uh, marked and called out Russia, condemned Russia directly for its mm. aggression. Mm. And of course, it, that is not to say that uh, Kenya was not aware of what implications would be and the kind of backlash it would receive. Yes. But that is what I mean by taking a principle stance and being a, being um, uh, aware of what that would mean in the long term. For and, the country. And, and, yes, and backing up your your statements, your rhetoric with um, with action and being... Because in any case, in foreign policy, any, any action obviously will have a reaction. Yes. So are we able to handle those consequences is the bigger question here. And yes. in line with and in line with obviously um, our broader interests uh, and models and and values. Yeah, so and of the balancing act. Of course, back to the balancing act um, equation. In line also with those threats uh, that have been uh, made very public uh, by Vladimir Putin uh, about consequence for any country uh, that, uh, you know, tries to stop this invasion. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much, Faith. Faith Mabera is the senior researcher at uh, the Institute of Global Dialogue. And Musa at 11.32 is standing by with the news headlines. SAFM, leading the conversation.